What is up, fellow humans and mutants alike? My name is Kyle. I am with Danny. Once again, we're diving into uh, Excalibur, um, issue number seven this week. We are tre- tr- trotting, trotting along. I was going to say trudging, but... <laughs> I was going to say trudging, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're moving along. We're moving along. Um, it is kind of a trudge, though, right? With this series, Excalibur's been kind of a slow... Uh, slow kind of build up right now. We 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 mentioned this before. Uh, we could have gotten this whole six first six issue arc in like two issues. Yeah, it still feels like we're on issue two, even though we're clearly they've they've moved on in the story. But the the setting, the backdrop, the problems, the issues, the character development, it all still mm-hmm. feels like it's dragging on. It yeah. doesn't feel like it's progressed. Like there's been a lot of character development and progression in X Force, and a lot of reveals, and a lot of even villains have changed. But it feels like, I mean, aside from Morgan Le Fay kind of falling to the backdrop as like an experiment for Apocalypse, yeah. it still feels like we're dealing with a lot of the same fallout. Still, telling, it's weird. Like totally, you're just like, what's going on with these characters? I'm watching them do things, but I'm not really seeing anything happen and that's so unfortunate with some of these cast members that you have well yeah we had that whole reveal with uh um with elizabeth and her sister mm-hmm. and or his her brother i mean brother, with her brother yeah, yeah. and like how he essentially is a form of captain britain again but it really felt like her character didn't develop after that after reading this issue it still felt like that issue never even happened like i right. i I know Brian is home no and Brian. safe and everything is good, but I feel like you could have just as easily skipped last issue and assumed, oh, he's still out there. Morgan Le Fay is still a problem. Like you wouldn't wouldn't notice because the way the characters are being portrayed and how they're being written and their mannerisms and what they're working towards. So it's it's not a lot of weight in every issue. It almost feels like they're all loosely in the same plot line and stuck on issue one. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about what's going on in the background with like Apocalypse, with Jamie, and all that going on, I guess? The him being revealed as the new king of Outworld was kind of cool, like running Avalon now. That I like that twist. That was the one big change that this all the Excalibur has done. Uh, Apocalypse has been scheming and doing things throughout the whole background, so that's nothing really new. I love that Apocalypse is about this, or a part of this, and he's about like what's going on with the development of the research into the magic and how the mutants play off of that. Mm-hmm. But that that has not paid off really in any big way yet. So, no. it's, and and I've looked a few issues ahead, and there's still not going to be one. So, the, mm-hmm. I think we'll get there someday. Maybe not this year, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But let's dive into this issue, shall we? Yep. We're still Teeny Howard at the helm, Teeny but Howard, Santos this week instead of two. Santos. Yeah. What do you think of the artwork? What do you think of this cover? Like you were commenting about. Uh, well, the cover is actually. I got. I like that, the cover. Actually. That one actually was fun. Like, I, there's a lot of good action going on in the cover, and it and it kind of like hypes you where you're like, okay, we're they're going to be dealing with those weird werewolf things from the Mojoverse and old school Excalibur. So I like that. But like you said, overall there were there were some times where like the eyes look kind of funny. Yeah. Like, people's faces were, were were a little off. But yeah, those those were the same gripes I had too. Nothing, uh, nothing too bad besides that, though. Santos didn't do the cover. The cover was Eric Arcienega. Okay. Arcienega? Arcienega. 
Um, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So good cover. Good cover. Okay, yeah. artwork. Weird okay, eyes. Artwork. Weird uh, eyes. Especially yeah. that one time where um, Jamie, it's in a few panels where Jamie's on the throne and he's like winking at her and his face looks like it's melting. <laughs> You'll notice it when you see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You'll notice it's, it. Oh, it's, it's, uh, you can't unsee it when you see it. You're like, dude, what's going on in your face, buddy? It's starting to fall off there. <laughs> so much, man. <laughs> there's so many, like, I guess, like long shots of the characters, too. And in every single one of these long shots, every character has Brock eyes. Just little lines. <laughs> little lines. It's like you didn't try a you lot of the time. <laughs> you sleep through our entire Poke battle? You did. <laughs> you can't even respect me. You just threw Geodude out and said, handle it. <laughs> Give me a rock type, too, to that. Get out of here. Uh, but let's dive into this, shall we? The hunt is on. Excalibur reigns with evil sources, Morgan Le Fay defeated, and Brian Braddock freed from her clutches. Apocalypse has maneuvered, 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 I can say that word, his pick for king onto the throne, Jamie Braddock. Jamie may be a mad choice, but Apocalypse always has his reasons. And despite no longer being possessed, Brian's time under Morgan Le Fay's sway changed him into a man who unwillingly wields the sword of might man he needs to get over that man it's a sword he's like i want my amulet but he doesn't he gets over it the first page they, they get rid of it. it or he forcefully like has to part with it yeah has fucking bets he just chuck it like he's not even stone. there he can't even yeah. do it himself he can't even do it himself and their whole reason behind it's ridiculous but we'll dive into that right uh, now yeah so we cut to i don't know where we are we don't actually say it's just there, there's I think the, it's, no there's the are they in uh, uh are they There's in the, the, um, I mean... the lighthouse behind them? So I assume okay. that they're yeah. in either the outworld version of the lighthouse or the opposite. Yeah, because there's not a lot, I'm not seeing a lot of plant life, and they're not showing a shot of that lake that or that water, uh, that body of water in the background. So I right. don't know if they're on in the normal on Earth. I think they might be in outworld. Oh, or other world, other world, yeah. Other, outworld, that's Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> They're hanging out with Scorpion. It's great. Scorpion. Time. It's Scorpion. Watch the sword, and he's like, "All right, <laughs> someone killed my family." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we got Richter kind of opening up, uh, kind of I guess like a a cave, a little cave. chasm. Chasm. There we go. And uh, yes, and this is we see we see the sword getting chucked in. And uh, Betsy kind of explaining is what uh, Brian asked, um, pretty much. And we get Rogue kind of like calling it out. out. Yeah, this is like come on. real scene. Like, well, I mean, he's not a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't the response be like, "You ain't a bad guy, so what's the problem? Like, why is it a good exactly. idea to bury it? Like, just take it and deal just with use it." it. <laughs> and her counter argument is like Betsy's counter argument is that like oh well he was tortured by Morgan Le Fay and she made him do things against his will his will so if he wants me to throw the sword or or keep the sword far away from him I'll do it and but it's like yeah but she did that before now he's fine his her yeah. power is no longer in him he is in control of his free will so why wouldn't he wield the sword and do right I mean. Doing wrong and then afterwards doing nothing to right those wrongs or make good on them is worse than 
than picking up the sword and doing something right, you know? It yeah. feels like there's a lot of logical loopholes here into why they're just doing... I mean, I get it. It's the cool Arthurian shot. They're throwing a fucking sword uh, sure. that essentially is akin to in Excalibur. A in a yeah. stone. Next to this lighthouse. It's all tied to the other world stuff, and it's all right. I get it, but logically in the writing, this makes no sense. <laughs> Brian's yeah. work with his slate is clean. Like no one's holding him responsible for the shit he did under her control. Like I don't understand why Betsy's not trying harder to be like, you know, dude, just get the fuck over it. Like she's a sister. Like yeah. you smack him around and be like, dude, pick yourself the fuck up. Like you've got shit to do. Yeah. And if they're trying to sell this, like him being mentally broken, they're not selling it at all. Plus, he's Captain Britain. Like he's, he's Captain fucking yeah, Britain. Yeah, he's and been Captain Britain for Omniversal years. development corpse, man. He's been around the block. Yeah. This was like <laughs> how like they approached with like they had to retcon Steve Rogers during that whole Empire arc and stuff because like it made no sense for Steve Rogers to have this decay to his persona. Like it didn't. It's just like they never wrote him like that, and they never wrote Captain Britain like this. Now all of a sudden he's just like, ah, I want to be alone in my room. Just throw my sword somewhere. <laughs> What? <laughs> get out there and save people. You're Do a hero. Bitch. Get you out of here. Take two weeks. You're not go, <laughs> go have a spa and get the fuck yeah. back out there. Yeah. <laughs> get a pedicure done, you know, get pampered yeah. and then get back on your fucking horse. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, Come on. Come on. Adversity. We're X Men. That's our whole thing. That's our whole yeah. shtick. Yeah. <laughs> we're not putting up with this. People get possessed all the time. You know, we're due for another fucking Shadow King arc. Like, yeah. what do you want, man? This happens. It comes with the territory. <laughs> uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Very frustrating. But yeah, uh, we get uh, Betsy going back to Otherworld. So they are at the outpost. Um. And uh, she goes to Otherworld to meet Jamie hanging out on the throne with his potato sack still. Yeah. He loves Did that change still from the moment he came out of Gold Ball's placenta? Yeah, pretty much. He's like, I like, I like my little toga, wannabe toga. It's good enough. It does look like a potato sack. He's like, I have money for clothes, so I made this. Like, yeah. you can warp reality. That's the best you can come up with. He's very, like, I, I want to say, like, very flamboyant and very, like, extreme in his mannerisms. But yes. his like, clothing never reflects that. No, not but at you all. You assume for a guy who could warp reality, it would. Like, he'd have some really gaudy and, like, he outlandish could. clothes. But no. But, uh, he's keeping uh, <laughs> He's refrained when it comes to his clothing and nothing else. Very, uh, <laughs> what do you call that? Uh... Minimalist, uh, yeah. Minimalist, I was going to say Socratic, I guess. Oh, that works, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just like a very dry Ooh. and neutral <laughs> fashion sense. Indeed. But uh, Betsy's just like, yeah, where's where's A? Where's Apocalypse at? And we get Jamie doing his whole running around the question. Um, his face is melting. Look at it. And his face is... Wait, hold on. Let me let's see. The bottom panel? Or? Yeah, bottom left where he's got that wink going on. Okay. Oh, poking yeah, it too. Yeah. It looks makes it look even more rubbery. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see what they're trying to pull off, like a cute winky face, sort of like him being kind of tongue in cheek. It looks, like it looks stroke. It looks weird. Yeah, it does. It does. Like half that face. 
paralyzed. I just poking it just to like I don't feel anything on this <laughs> side anymore. I have to wink my eye for you. Enjoy. Oh, <laughs> uh, as someone who took expired amoxicillin to beat my uh, pneumonia and lost half the feeling in my face for like three months, <laughs> that shit is scary. <laughs> You think that was caused by the amount? I don't think that was caused by the amount. It was. It was an allergic reaction. Yeah. Oh, allergic a, reaction. An allergic gotcha. reaction to the expired amoxicillin, and really? I, I woke up one day and I went to gargle mouthwash, and it just won everywhere. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And so I tried again, and I'm like, wait, half my face isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> I like kept winking at everybody, and I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> this is not. I mean, exactly. <laughs> it came back every like day it came back more and more and then eventually it was back to normal but man that was a, a fun time not to have health insurance <laughs> Ooh, yeah i'm like this is either forever or who knows <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, fun times yeah indeed. <laughs> fun times but uh yeah jamie's being very uh very cute Wait. and this yeah. is where we get betsy just uh kind of Cutting to the point, she throws out a psychic dagger straight to Jamie's face. Kind of kind of a warning shot, more or yeah. less. I mean like, stop fucking around with me. Yeah. And this, like, I'm king here. Like, don't fuck with me. Yeah, and this is where Jamie just gets serious. What do you think of this like butterfly? Now, uh, did she always effect? have the butterfly effect like she does? I do not remember him having the butterflies. No. Like, uh, are they trying to say that that's like a family a family thing, right? Instead yeah. of a Psylocke thing. But did it? Was... Well, no, because Betsy had it, it before Psylocke as well. When she used to use her psychic powers, it would yeah. manifest around her face and kind of the silhouette of like a monarch, like a butterfly monarch. Like that's that's kind of akin to their family bloodline, but then Psylocke went on to still do it even after they switched bodies, and now yeah. Jamie's doing it. And I, I've never, and I maybe it's just a mutant thing because obviously when Brian uses his powers, he just does the Captain Britain stuff. He doesn't have mutant powers; he's not mutant, right? But yeah, I've never seen Jamie use like butterflies. Maybe he's just teasing just her. fucking with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I can do butterflies too when I use my powers. Butterflies, look at these yeah. butterflies. I can do that shit. There's nothing. I do like how she faded out into butterflies and then appeared uh, behind behind her, like, all quick. You know who also uses butterflies? Or the last time he used his powers, he used butterflies, was uh, Mr. M, like, Absalon. When they killed him, he, like, evolved into, like, a fucking bunch of butterflies and just flew off. And then they never saw him again. Uh, what was this? Uh... The 198 arc, when they first, after No More Mutants, after House of M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did 98 where all the mutants lived in that like, that like camp outside of the the Westchester uh, mansion. Right. Yeah. It was like oh, a part of that camp. And they saw him as like the mutant messiah. And then all of a sudden like someone shot him and he just exploded into a bunch of butterflies. And they're like, did you kill him? And he's like, no, I've evolved. And then he, they all just flutter off and you never hear from him again. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, he's just stupid powerful. Like he's a don't make level <laughs> mutant. And then he just turned to butterflies and you never heard from him again. I'm like, oh. That's that's classic Marvel writing for you. Yep. <laughs> uh, you Burn ourselves into a corner, so let's just move on really quick. Butterflies, you nothing to see here. <laughs> and gone. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, Jamie, who has a power on kin, uh, akin to uh, Mr. M, uh, using the butterflies too. But I think yeah. that's more due to the family lineage. But yeah, for sure. But yeah, he really fucking puts her in her place because she's uh, he's like, well, if you really want to see Apocalypse so bad, I'll take you to him, and he just fucking jets her through this the floor. Straight to him directly <laughs> with a big womp. <laughs> yep, 
Womp. Uh, gotta love it. Uh, but she kind of floats down, and she is met with Apocalypse and and Exodus. Exodus hanging around. Yeah, a couple of council members kidding. Yeah. Uh, interesting. This is like our first time kind of... We've seen Exodus kind of just there, here and there, right? But I don't think we've seen him, seen him in a scene, like actually interact outside of like the council i guess probably the first time i've seen him outside of the council chamber except for maybe like the first time he showed up at krakoa right but after that i think this is the first time he's actually been in a different location besides like the council chamber and this is actually him involved with like something like a plot line like normally he's just putting in his input and just talking amongst everyone like the other talking heads but this Mm -hmm. like seems like he's actually doing stuff like research with apocalypse here which i like that they're getting more involved these have been like the saving grace of of excalibur as the apocalypse is so prevalent and now they're they're shoehorning exodus in it i'm fine with that i'm like sure fuck it if you're gonna shoehorn someone in there like exodus is one of the few people where i'm jazzed about that yeah he's he's always been just a different era apocalypse anyways true right yeah yeah, with his survival of the fittest mentality well i mean he literally was he an acolyte of apocalypse at one point and yeah. then he was just like, well, you're crazy, Apocalypse. I could do this better than you. <laughs> and he's never really been like a true villain villain. He's more just been misguided, if anything. Yeah. Though though Betsy still mm-hmm. seems to yeah. judge him pretty, pretty skewed when she sees him. Like, what is he fucking doing here? <laughs> right. She's and, like, what uh, beef do you have with the accident? Right? <laughs> like, good uh, God. Everyone will hold on their beat forever. Everyone's after. just like kind of grumpy in this whole series. Everyone's just holding on. I feel like every they need to do one issue where uh, Apocalypse is just like the therapist for everyone. And he's just like, all right, guys, just get it all out uh, right here. But we can move it. on. One by one, lie down at Richter's box and I'll talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> just like, come on, man. That's my box. I need it. <laughs> I just need it for a little bit, man. I can quit anytime. I don't uh, care what you say. <laughs> I'm not addicted to my box. <laughs> But yeah, like they had this whole thing where they're like, okay, we're we're bringing the mutants together, we're burying the hatchet. They even had fucking Wolverine and Basilisk like close the fucking book on their beef, and like they did some pretty <laughs> fucked up shit to each other. The Betsy's like holding a grudge against like Exodus, like <laughs> he never even did. He did shit to the X Men. He fought against the X Men, but he never was like, I'll fuck with your family. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's just funny, like people like well, it's mostly Excalibur because you look at how they yeah. write Jubilee, look at how they write Gambit, look yep. at how they write Betsy. Those are like the three most stubborn characters in the entire Dawn of X series, and they're all in the same one book. Fucking, yeah, same fucking issue arc. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Crazy. I don't know who. Uh, yeah, it's like Teeny Howardly started and was like, I like this character develop or this character concept for. For Betsy, fuck it, I'll do it three more times. <laughs> fuck. And use it again and again, again. and again. again. <laughs> she turned into DJ Khaled while writing, and she's like, and then another one. <laughs> DJ Khaled. Tina Howard, you heard it here first. The yep. DJ Khaled of the X. Just throwing out his name everywhere. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh. um, but yeah, she's more or less skeptical right now of him, of Exodus, of everyone. And uh, what Apocalypse more or less does to calm her down is give her her hit. Uh, he, Apocalypse, gives Betsy 
the pages of Grimory, pretty much. Yeah, brings her in on, on the data and the information, even though it doesn't do much because she has not been studying it for thousands nope. of years like her and or yeah. like Hammond and Exodus are familiar with that type of text and writing over the the decades and eons. So right. it's it's ridiculous that he's like, Well, I'll share this with you. It's in like a, a, a dead dialect to stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he tries to bring it true. But I, I like how he dissuades her at the beginning where he's just like, you know what? You need to just chill the fuck out. We are on the council. We are the leaders of your nation. Like, you may be Captain Britain, but you are also a mutant. And are we all not Krakoan? Like, you need to just step off. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm fucking, I'm top brass and you're like mouthing off. I and mean, you're just a captain. I'm a fucking general. but he says like you know what i'll still i'll break bread with you like i'll give you the information we're trying to do and that seems to dissuade her a little bit she calms her down and he says like thanks to exodus being here they were able to crack crack some of the code and the information hidden in the grimmery and uh he kind of brings her up to speed on what's going on and what they're aiming at and this seems to dissuade her she even says okay you know i suppose this puts me at ease for now but, I mean, in reality, Apocalypse is like, dude, I've already told you. I've turned over a new leaf. Like, how many three issues do I have to keep telling everyone? Right? Do we have to spend another panel on this? Because he's I'm, like, what's a panel? I'm starting to <laughs> I'm starting to sympathize with Apocalypse. Because right? you ever fucking, you know, in yeah, your life, if you're trying to deal with this. What scientist in the middle of, like, trying to, like, you know, operate the Large Hydron Collider has to, like, every, like, five minutes turn over to an ant and try to explain to them, like, what's going on? <laughs> that would drive me yeah. nuts. You'd just be like, the ant doesn't even understand. And as you see here, she's even, like, pardoned? Like, I don't know. It's all Greek to her. So it's just, like, I kind of almost get it. It's, like, the whole concept of why, like, Quicksilver's a dick. Quicksilver's a dick because he feels like his life is, like, constantly being stuck in line at a grocery store behind an old woman. Yes. Like, you know, in that moment, you're pissed because you're just like, what is happening? So, like, he's constantly like that. I'm getting a mirror of that on Apocalypse here where he's just like, you don't get it. Just fucking leave me alone like, and that's why constantly like it's like almost as if like apocalypse is the good guy in excalibur and excalibur yeah. is like the villain the like villain. Yeah, they're, they're just like, all his plans where he's like dude i'm trying to fix our nation <laughs> I, I have a feeling we'll get a big twist with apocalypse at some point where he was doing something way more nefarious sure. i mean like kind of how he's doing with morgan lefay and he's dissecting her as the science experiment but i mean if that's still for the greater good of krakoa and not just him then that still puts him in the right and less in the wrong than, say, what, you know, Gambit and, like, Betsy have been doing where they just show up and fucking guns a-blazing and they ask questions afterwards where they're like, oh, we shouldn't have done that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> and Bob was like, oh, yeah, you're bad. You only fucked up thousands of years of experimentation. Yeah, really yeah. good job there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I would like to mention that Santos does not draw Exodus's eyes open whatsoever in any of these drawings. Like, his eyes are closed in every single one. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> He's got no pupils. No He's got eyes. nothing. Dude, nothing. straight rock. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't notice it before, but you're right. I was like, no, there's got to be, like, one. Like, nope. Nope. He's fucking squinting in every every scene. This weather is kind of close, but it's still you can't. No, yeah. you can't. Wow, that's sad. Oh. But yeah, like the 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 only thing that he can really convey to to Betsy that brings her up to speed yeah. is that like they need the heads of some fucking warwolves. War <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, those from the Mojoverse. This is great. I'm sure. Like, I'll, all right. <laughs> like, this is weird, but fuck it. 
I'm not going to try and decipher this because I'm clearly in over my head. And she reluctantly agrees to go get the fucking skulls. They need, what do you say, five, right? Yes. Yes. Or at least a a handful or something. I can't remember if he needed. I don't know if he gives a number. Yeah, I just know that he's like, hey, we need these skulls. So yeah, go do that. They're, They're being kept, oddly enough. Just in the London Zoo, like like they're just a parrot. These are sentient beings that are are bipedal, can steal the flesh of other people and wear their skin, and they're keeping them in a zoo in London, like a regular zoo, not regular like zoo, not like with... an interdimensional space nope. zoo. It's not like Brainiacs fucking watching over them. Nope. You know? It's it's just a regular regular old plumbus. Yeah, it's just a plain old plumbus. <laughs> Fancy, no special. <laughs> Run of the mill plumbus. It's, uh, makes no sense. That plot is, and they don't even explain it. They don't add through this whole issue. They will never explain why they're just at the fucking zoo. <laughs> yeah, these zookeepers getting murdered constantly. What's happening? Are they in yeah. the box? Do they have to feed them. What's happening? I need to know more. I assumed the zookeeper they were dealing with in the beginning when it was one of them, and it was this was the whole front. Like the zookeeper was gonna rip back its skin and review it's a a werewolf, and I, and I was gonna be like, okay, that makes sense because it was a terrible idea to let average everyday fucking zookeepers watch after him. I mean, look at the shit that happened with Harambe. Like regular zookeepers can't do shit. Yeah. You to tell me that they have problems with gorillas, <laughs> but they didn't have problems with, with fucking werewolves. All right, that this, yeah. this, this writing holds up. I mean, I get it. It's a fucking issue where a kid turns into a dragon, but I mean, you're going to tell me that zookeepers are good enough at keeping interdimensional beings in check that are smarter than most of the zookeepers? I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get it either, but um, yeah. That's kind of pretty much the mission that Apocalypse sets out for Betsy. Then Apocalypse kind of opens the drapes to... Betsy's next plot point convenience that just so happens to be there, which is Jubilee hanging out with Shogo. And was that a portal? That's a portal, right? Yeah, it's a portal. He's just like, now now go through this portal and go go get me my scouts. (laughs) Go get them, them, please. It's like inglorious bastards. He's like, and I want my scouts. (laughs) She's like, all right, this is weird. (laughs) I have very little motivation, but you're top brass, so I guess I'll do it. Yeah. And we get a moment here. We get a pretty much a whole page kind of, I'm going to say wasted. You can say dedicated to, but I'm going to say wasted to talking about what to do with Shogo, more or less. It's just like, I don't want Shogo. I need a break. And I think, and then they play, she, Betsy plays fetch with him for a second. With like a meat shank, yeah. Meat and shank. Then, and I realized that fucking Jubilee is the most inept mother I've ever fucking God seen damn. in a comic book. She's like, oh, he whines all the time unless I take him here and turn him into a dragon. Like, if I take him home and he's not in his dragon form, he just cries and cries and cries. And so I go to give him stop crying. I bring him here and turn him into a dragon. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, like, he's like every kid, like every baby ever. And, and your whole excuse to it is that I'll just give in to him. I mean, come on. Oh man, just wait till he's five and can manipulate you. She's gonna be fucked as a parent. She's gonna have no leverage. I'm like, just get some footing and have a backbone. Like, (laughs) okay, so he cries. Like, whatever. He'll tire himself out and pass out. Eventually, the kid will break. (laughs) The kid just cries and cries and cries until I let him have his heroin needle and then he stops. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else to do. Like, I could take it away from him and logically I should, but you know what? I'm just in over my head. I'm a single parent. 
and this is where Betsy comes in and is like, yo, I think Megan could help you out. She could watch over. And yeah, uh, she's like, cool, let's do that. And more or less, that was a whole page and we had to know that information. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why did we need to know that? Why couldn't we just, you know, move on with our lives? Why didn't we? That could have been a panel in passing. Honestly, the whole, I feel like the Excalibur arcs or issues have been burdened with too much individual character development that isn't relevant to the plot like uh richter stuff got shoehorned in he's like a druid now that didn't really seem relevant but for some reason they made that fit with plot armor this yeah. whole stuff with shogo jubilee and like her their her development with the kid it doesn't seem like it's that important and it has been a lot of plot issues i'm sure he's got his dragon fire that was useful for like a few seconds but sure. in the end of the day it still seemed like that was more written to be that way and less organic Yep. So I'm like, if we just cut out a lot of those characters, these issues I feel would flow so much faster, and the story would have like a lot more speed to progress. But instead, what's still feels like issue one, where she's like, I don't know what to do with my baby who turns into a dragon, and I'm I I'm a mother and I hate it. <laughs> now look at me pop this gum, and I'm like, what are you fucking stuck in the '90s? Jesus Christ! <laughs> where did you even get bubble gum? <laughs> Bigly Chew, bitch. Bigly Chew. I bought it at my local bodega in other world. <laughs> <laughs> you find Bigly Chew everywhere. I know, man. It's original packaging from like the yeah. 1970s. <laughs> you still eat it. You don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's so flavorless. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we cut to uh, the grimmery of. And we get a kind of a rundown on the warwolves. Other dimensional predators, species, genus unknown. Once an elevated species hailing from Mojoverse, recent research suggests a decline in the supernatural faculties of these hybrids. A cross between humanoid and lupin. Uh, attempts were made by Homo sapiens to socialize and appeal to their more humanoid nature during the beast's tenure in the London Zoo. So the London zookeepers were just, you know, appealing to its sense of humanity. And it was just like, friend, friend. And it just gets eaten. It just rips their skin off and it's just like, bad, bad. <laughs> like, how does that work? And uh, so they're lupine in their, their origin tied with yeah. humans. But why do they look like birds? Why do they look like birds? They don't have really any wolfen feature, no lupin features. Like they don't, no fur, nothing. Like I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I probably have to go back and deep dive into like werewolves and that Mojoverse stuff. And honestly, the only things that I'll ever touch from Mojoverse is anything involving Spiral. So unless Spiral's tied to it, I don't think I could stomach it. Because it nah, seems like it's, this was a real... I mean, like, her stuff is all... I always just, like, see Spiral throw down and fuck shit up. She's usually pretty good about that. True. She puts she puts Longshot in his place, which I always enjoy, because mm -hmm. Longshot's just such a weird character. And I, I like it when he gets wrecked. But it just feels like this is a weird, loose plot hole for them... Or not loose plot hole, a uh, loose reference for them to pull from. Like, why why are they pulling from the Warwolves? Like, I feel like they're going through the list of things from X-Men past. And they were like, oh, hey, look at this. Let's pull. Let's use this. Fuck it. Why not? I'm like, what the... 
yeah, you, you can use whatever you want from the history books, but like, should it fit to what you're trying to do right here? Right. Feels like th- these are kind of a loose, like a loose concept to fit into this greater story. Um, There's so much more you can pull. I'm wondering if this is a ahead of X decision. He wanted werewolves back somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Hickman's Jones over some werewolf action. <laughs> and he's like, hey, Howard, could you write this into or uh yeah, yeah, it was Teen Howard. It was like, Teen hey, Howard, could you write yeah. this uh could you write this into the next Excalibur issue? It's like, oh come on. You're killing me, man. Like, don't do this to Mojo verse shit. I'm already having a hard enough time. Like, other oh, world and Mojo verse aren't even connected. <laughs> Fucking a! All right, they're in the lo- there. They're in the London Zoo. I fucking tied the plot together. <laughs> Why are they in the London Zoo? Stop asking questions, Hickman. You wanted this. You got it. Are you not happy? Can't you just be happy? <laughs> uh, we they only have five. That. That's it. That's all they that's... have in captivity. Just five. And that's when Mar- Marvel Marvel comes in. Marvel Marvel executives come in and just is like, no one could be happy. That's <laughs> and he's like, oh, everyone's just like, oh, you're right. They, you're right. Howard found a way to tie in the Marvels <laughs> to the story, and it fit organically. And then the Marvel Marvel editorial popped in and was like, no, 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 no. We want London Zoo to be the plot device. <laughs> We're trying. We got a big donation from the London Zoo's uh, Chamber of Commerce, and we oh, now need to rep it. them. We now need to rep them that in the next is. issue. It's marketing. Come on, everything's got to synergize. You fuckers, get my money out of my politics. Yeah. Now let's <laughs> cut to the most inept fucking zookeeper in all of Marvel Here history. Got, oh, this we cut straight to the London Zoo, and. uh Oh boy, look at her. Yeah, and Pete Wisdom, who's back. And Pete motherfucking Wisdom hanging out, keeping his knives not hot. They're cold right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cold knives is back. <laughs> oh my God, I want to slap Jubilee for just being in these panels, just exuding this 90s nonsense. Like, I, 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 I can't have her around. I'm just like, are you for real with this? Like, what are you doing right now? I'm, I'm interrogating. We're interrogating with the bubblegum. Are you serious? Yeah, she's supposed to be. She is a grown woman who once became a vampire, so essentially died, came back to life, and is now a single mother. Yet she's got like the maturity competence level of like a fourteen-year-old. So, good God, <laughs> I feel like Krakoa uh, has to have some sort of child services that should step in at this point, like deem her an unfit mother, take her. Like what is what are their social services on Krakoa? Like how does this break down? <laughs> who do we, who do we report her to? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. They just like usurp her kid, and it's like right. yeah, we're gonna put her in adoption. <laughs> we'll raise him in a Krakoan foster home. Do they have social services on Krakoa? Get them food stamps. Well, how does that work? Everything just grows, so I don't think they have problems like that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, you can't take away like the cocoan flowers and petals doesn't take doesn't cure abuse. That's true. It does not. <laughs> doesn't cure neglect and neglect? shitty parenting. Yeah. Uh, it's too too deep. Too. I can't think of these. I can't think of these concepts right now. I don't want to. You're digging deeper in an Excalibur issue than they ever wanted no, to. No. No, we're gonna go back to you. That's why we're stuck in this plot device right here, known as the London Zoo. 
where the London zookeeper is talking back to a government agent mm-hmm. just because he's a mutant. She's shitting on him just because she's a she's like bitter that he's a mutant. And it's like, dude, he's a government agent. Like, you, I I don't care if you dislike someone. If they're above you in that way, there's not really much you can do about it. Like, you have to... He's going to arrest her or she's going to play along. Like, yeah. why be bitter, you know? Just to stick a jab at them because they're mutants. Like, if, if, if she tries to, uh, you know, impede their investigation because he's now... He's talking about... He's, he's putting on a front that Captain Britain and Jubilee are also temporary government agents in this yes. investigation. So her shitting on all of them is really just putting her in the hot seat. And it turns out they just sold them. They fucking sold the warwolves. They don't even have them. She's like, we're fresh out. We got rid of them. They were difficult to take care of. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, No shit. Creatures are difficult. That wear people's skin would be difficult to take care of. Like, why would you even have these as an exhibit? How did you even capture them and keep them here? Like, how did they facilitate? I want to know the story. Just, like, who feeds them and how do they feed them? And what do they even eat? (laughs) What do they eat? Raw meat. They're just throwing out. (laughs) <laughs> so many questions skin of like dead people deceased people they're just feeding them. <laughs> <laughs> and this just gives you so many questions and then they just move on past it <laughs> move on right and now we're off to see this this ritzy collector who bought these warwolves oh man more or less, yeah. So we go to, we cut to, we're still in London, right? Yeah, yeah. we're still in London. We're, we're in London, but we're going to a pub. We're going to a pub. Um, Jubilee's super excited. She's all like, I don't got a kid right now. I'm getting some drink. <laughs> she's shouting pint, pint over and over again. Oh, yeah, like, she's like, pint, pint. Like, yeah. Calm down. She is, she needs some, uh, I don't know. I don't know what any character maturity? development. She just needs a little bit of maturity for a girl yeah. who's died. And yeah. fed off the blood of like human. <laughs> You'd assume she'd be deeper. A little but... bit? Just a little bit. That's all I'm asking. It's like the, the, somehow like Jubilee died at some point and they just resurrected her 90s version. <laughs> but they aged her up, so it's like it's confusion. It's like <laughs> if they did uh, um, the Le- – or not Legion, but the third uh, Summer's Child. Uh, oh, God, I know this. Vulcan. Vulcan? Like, Vulcan was aged up by the Shi'ar technology. When right. He was, when he was aged to an adult, but he still has the mind of a kid. I feel like that's what happened to Jubilee. <laughs> like, she's funny. got that yeah. kind of frail. But let's get down on some karaoke in this pub. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much what happens. They go to this karaoke bar and they meet up with this collector guy, pretty much. He's getting down, right? What does he see? He's just singing. He's getting down, talking. Yeah, he didn't even try to sneak in like a hit in there. He's just doing karaoke and he's just like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can't even get me a nod. Like, normally in a couple of the... uh, Excalibur issues, they yeah. had nods to a few different songs. We had some so, Don't Stop Believing, so I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did The Clash in one of them, too. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on in this one. They, they missed opportunity. They focused too much on the goddamn zoo. <laughs> <laughs> they should have just brought up something great. Who knows? And, uh, yeah, we find out that this guy is... Uh, I'm, I'm, I hate, I'm not going to say his name. You say his name. I don't want to say this name. This name pisses me off. This name... Well, when- Colin Bloodstone? God damn it. Bloodstone? God damn it. Colin Bloodstone, you vampire-sounding motherfucker. 
Yeah, uh, sparkling vampire sounding motherfucker. Um, yeah, that that name really pissed me off. Um, but I wasn't too familiar with him from uh, like from past stuff with him and uh, Braddock. He's a Avengers like foil from like 2012 is from what I've discovered, and it's a specific arc called like the Avengers Arena or something mm-hmm. like that. And it, okay, it's, it's tied to London, his character and his origin, but. I I just yeah I'm not I'm not getting this one so much as to why he's so relevant to this yeah. and and of course it's from 2012 when I literally was just like all right well I'm done with I'm done with Marvel <laughs> for about another eight years so that that makes sense <laughs> same reason why I didn't know who the fuck yeah. Mondo was I also yep. don't know who the fuck Colin Bloodstone is. Colin Bloodstone. Colin uh, Bloodstone sounds so God damn funny. It. Who created that? I didn't even know. Like Colin right Bloodstone now. sounds like a bad night, a bad Tuesday night for someone. <laughs> Did you have? I had a Colin Bloodstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is my doctor. He's <laughs> a Colin Bloodstone. <laughs> uh, like kidney stone, but for your sphincter. <laughs> yep. Avengers Arena number one, created by Dennis Hopeless. Uh, he's tied to Damien Hellstorm as well. Ah, uh, so he's got like a lot of demon-based uh, story uh, narrative built into him, and something gotcha. about this thing called the the Glatrox Force. He could manipulate it. The Glatrox transformation, right? Okay, which, you know, yeah, <laughs> sure, that yeah. makes sense. The Glatrox transformation. Oh, I remember that, right? Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. I yeah. <laughs> They're shooting on all cylinders in these fucking Excalibur, Excalibur issues. I don't know. This is muddying it up even more. Uh, They're purposely, woefully muddying up these issues so they cannot progress the story. Why can't they just progress the story? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going on. But uh, yeah. Uh, we get him pretty much talking. We get like kind of more or less a conversation between them. He's talking about like what side would Captain Britain choose if they went to war, if Britain and Coco went to war, more or less. Yeah. yeah, posturing the idea that they've been posturing for the beginning. They keep mentioning every other issue. Yeah. Just, just like what the Acabra was saying when they were interviewing her, where they were like, hey, if we went to war with Krakoa, would you stand with Britain or not? So it's like, I guess every new person they run into is going to bring that up for some mm. unapparent reason as like either one, mm. a, a really lazy writing or a really lazy foreshadowing. I mean, super really lazy foreshadowing. <laughs> you like how we foreshadowed that for nine issues and then it happened? Wasn't that crazy, right? Yeah. Was everyone so shy? Oh my God. Ah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Six caliber issues. This issue, I'm gonna say right now, was the worst six caliber issue. <laughs> <laughs> I will, Easily, I will agree. And it's sad because Exodus was in it. It's so sad. Poor Exodus, man. They're bringing him in for this. Throw that dude. He should be running fucking X Force. Fuck. Fuck right? me. <laughs> At least Exodus has fucking weight behind his badassery. Yeah. He just seems like a jackass who's gone fucking arrogant and turned into Dark Beast without like the without the level of like like toughness to put behind it. 
He's like a wimpy dark bee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, frustrating character development all around, folks. But we cut to a, I guess it would be like a flyer, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he, he, Bloodstone owns the owns the, the werewolves, and he's now setting up like a werewolf. Yeah. Warwolf hunt. He's setting up the hunt. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's weird because it's like a like a old timey like British fox hunt. Like a fox of, hunt. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like excursion, but for werewolves. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, it's a very British concept, Excalibur. I get it. Yeah. But what relevance did this have to the plot besides the werewolves? I feel like you could have snuck that in a little more delicate instead of sneaking it in in such a tongue and cheek uh, British way, like. It's like where where are the Warwolf skulls hidden? They're hidden in the grave of Benny Hill. You have to dig him up. Like, yeah. like that would be the most British way they could have won about this. But sure. The second one would be to have a fox hunt. <laughs> have a fox hunt, folks. It's not like everyone else didn't do it. We all watched Futurama too. We get it. <laughs> um. So let's read some of these rules, shall we? No gates or cocoa floor of any kind are permitted on the Bloodstone Preserve. Sportsmanship is required. What does that mean? Like, you gotta use a weapon? You can't use your bare hands? I, I, it's super vague. It's super vague and ambiguous. There's no detailing that. And the no gates of Krakoan flower of any kind is also weird because that's really mutant-specific. I know some of the Krakoan flower or flora has gotten to the main populace, mm-hmm. but how would that matter? And if you imbibed it in your body, like, would that count? Like, I, this is a really specific flyer that he's yeah. giving out to everyone when it clearly is just for the Excalibur. <laughs> Excalibur. It's literally yeah. just for Excalibur. <laughs> he's like, I mass produced these. Like, you just got the five werewolves now. Like, who, who's been signing up in advance? For, like, we're going to go in the next month. Down Bloodstone Preserve, we're gonna hunt us a few werewolves. I guess. Uh. And uh, last rule: your host does not take kindly to unfair games. Ominous. But that's sportsmanship is required, right? Yeah, I think you're doubling up there. These rules are garbage. (laughs) It's a waste of my time. But the the bottom half is where most of my attention went, anyways. Uh, we get champagne at least during the reception at Sunday. He's classy. He's not... He's like yeah. casual. Is the attire? Yeah, champagne casual. reception at sundown, falling. So he's civilized. He's ca- He's civilized, and he knows how to. He knows how to give everyone a good time at the end, at least. But the rest of it is nonsense. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like. It it's like we made a flyer that's full of like, oh, we're going to dissect bodies. We're going to have a ritualistic sacrifice. And at the end, we'll end it with some, you know, crumpets and tea, you know, dress casual. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. They're just trying to make it as British as possible. It's throwing as much British, British proper, properisms as, po- as much as possible. Britifying it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we cut to the next scene where it's so British. Yeah. Like, literally him on the horse with the red, uh, the red, like, uh, sports jacket. The butler brought out the gun to initiate initiate the start of the hunt on a platter. Like, he carried it out on a platter. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I also have to note, I also have to note, none of their eyes are open. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, zero. (laughs) If you're if you're not like one of the main character X Men in this, or like a main character villain, you don't get you don't even really get like you don't get pupils or or an iris. 
And and even if you are a main character, just look down right below. Look at like Betsy and and freaking Richter. Look at those. Those are like those are those are tiny. What are those? What are those? They're like the cats. They have no pupils. <laughs> Where are their pupils? So <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, because he's got uh, like a bunch of skinned cats with him. That that's that's weird. Sense. That was kind of out of place, actually. Yeah, I'm like, what is he? Does the dude just roll around with skinned cats? I guess I just don't know enough about him, but like that's if that's a, a character plot device of him that they brought back as a reference to this, because one, I'm already like, who the fuck is a fan of this dude from back in 2012 that they're like clamoring at it? Like, I hope they bring back Excalibur and I hope in Excalibur they tie it to this guy and his fucking skinless cats, because, man, I feel like X-Men have been lacking this, you know, for the last decade. Where are my skinless cats and my fucking colon bloodstones? <laughs> Surprisingly, I would say there would at least be three. Yeah, three. That's three. That's it. That. And, and they're in the and they're in the the author's title page. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're working on this issue. <laughs> you see, like the little author's note at the end. It's just all like, "We hear you, Doug. Can you stop harassing me now?" There you go, Hickman. We gave you your war wolves. <laughs> Now back to Excalibur. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, and uh, so much is happening on this page. We cut down to uh, Rogue stretching, which let's talk about this drawing in Rogue, which it doesn't look like Rogue at all. I mean, her hair, sure, but look at the the face. The face. It's, you just put a face on on Rogue's costume. It feels. Yeah, it is a very alien face. Or it's like a young rogue. Like they put like yeah, rogue as a kid on like adult rogue's face because it's like a little, it's a little too. I mean, she already was relatively youthful, but I mean, this is like kid yeah. youthful. So it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Really out of place compared to the rest of the issue. But I, I, I like the fact that Richter's like, like confused that people actually do this. And I'm like, what do you mean people actually yeah. do this? Like there's only five werewolves on the entire planet. And this guy obviously has only been doing the hunting for him for this issue. The plot of this issue essentially is the reason why. Like, he only printed out the flyers for them, but he, he clearly distributed them to hundreds of people or thousands of right. people. And it's obvious that this is like a special event people can come to, but it's like, there's the only the five. And the X-Men are going to take them out right now. So it's like, what? People don't do this in London on the regular. This is just in the issue. And fucking Richter kind of trying to like nitpick at it makes no sense. He's like, I can't believe this is socially acceptable. I'm like, who thinks it's socially acceptable? You guys are the only ones partaking in it. He's probably never had anyone do this before, you guys. I mean, unless the the they had someone show up and the war war wolves just killed them all. I mean, one of the war wolves has the skin of someone else when they run into him, but still. Sure. It still doesn't. It's like, has he been holding these for the last few months? Like, go hunt my werewolves. They might kill you. Right. Like, I don't what, know. A, what an industry to build. It just seems like a it, the plot. They try to flush into the plot like some uh, uh, realism. Like they try to make it like give it a foundation. Like this is how. Oh no, this has been going on. This is just how things are. The zoo's got the werewolves. This guy now bought them, and now you can hunt them for fun. This is what people do in London. And Richter's like, wow, this is strange. And I'm like, you're damn right it's strange. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. It makes zero sense. You're not even, I'm, I'm more skeptical than fucking Richter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, now, cue the bam, start the hunt. Yeah. 
and then and and Rogue is so down for it. She's like, I am totally down for some killing, which I like that demeanor. Rogue is super uncharacteristically gun ho about murdering. <laughs> yeah, right. She's ready to go. And and then poor Gambit's over there in the corner with blue balls because she's like talking about getting her blood pumping, and he's like, We could have just done this. We could just done this. Now let's stop, let's stop right here. I wanted like there needs if there's not like an issue down the line where Gambit is the one who is kind of like realizing Krakoa is not the place to be. And he goes and he leaves Krakoa and he ultimately discovers something that'll be a pivotal point to the storyline. If something like that does not happen, um, I'm going to be mad. Cause like, why are you making him such like a stick in the mud? Whiny. A yeah, he's a stick in the mud. He's like, he's just kind of whiny. He's kind of complaining throughout this whole series. Yeah. He's backseat he's a- driving the whole time. And they're just like, what is happening? I can, I can see it. They're trying to slowly build up to like, he's trying to build skepticism. I was right the whole time. There. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because even though they write him very skeptical, akin to Jubilee and Betsy, really, he is the one who is constantly like, he's always taking the first shot against the plan. He's always reacting quickly to just like, no, we're not doing this. We're doing that because I don't like that. And I don't trust these people. And I don't trust any of this. I never trust anything. And it's like, okay, so then what's the payoff? Or is Gambit just a constant? That's his that's his new character persona, because Gambit's had his moments where he's been a stick in the mud, but he's not a constant stick in the mud. Exactly. And, And due to the fact that Excalibur issues drag on hardcore, he's been a dragging on hardcore stick in the mud. He's a victim of the Excalibur paradigm, and it's unfortunate. And even again, Ju- or not Jubilee, uh, Rogue has that weird face in the in the next uh, p- uh, panel on the next page where they, they after the bam goes off, you go to the next page, and she's like looking forward next to Gambit and Rick- Richter. Yeah. And she has a really tiny face. Yes. Um, weird, right? Like it just keeps changing. Like. I don't, I don't, um, I mean, I get it. Time. It's always comes down to time when it comes to art, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she does point out something funny, though. She's like, are those hunting cats? Is that really yeah. a thing? Is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> Betsy's like, I have no idea. I'm like, that's good. Yeah, because none of this makes sense. Your guys' questions of confusion are mirroring all the readers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, and then they just kind of, it's weird. I don't get the transition from like them kind of talking and bantering and pouting to instantly, there's one, let's go. I don't know. I felt that transitions kind of was a little awkward. Well, Richter was justifying the momentum forward where he's like, we got to do this. The council asked us specifically, well, yes. a portion of the council. And everyone's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I mean, he's on the council, so, I mean, doesn't it technically count as if it's an order from the council? <laughs> I mean, this is what Apocalypse wants, so let's just do it. <laughs> and they're like, ah, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and they split and they just go. into it. Yeah, yeah they, they just bound into it. Like, they're like, okay, let's just hunt these warwolves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It, and then, of course, Gambit's the first one to run off because, you know, like I said, in every situation, he's always got to be the first to, like, jump into things without even developing his his coyness gambit used to be like playing playing all of his cards close to the chest like close to his mm-hmm. chest like he'd wait and then he'd be quiet and then he'd make his move and he never he would never let you know like yes. he was always the one that either betrayed the x-men or yep. had a backup plan because he knew something was up 
Yep. It's like he's been super uncharacteristic in all of the, the issues with him. So and it's awkward. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's. It, I think it's bad writing, personally. And he and he knows about the werewolves. He knows that they wear the skin of other people. So him finding this woman out in the middle of this fucking hunt where the werewolves are supposed to be should already be a red flag for Gambit. He is yep. no fool. He is no fucking fool. They're writing him so fucking careless. Like, he's like a moron. You know, what are you doing there, girl? What's going on? Yeah. Don't you know the, the creep who runs this place has put uh... you in, uh, in danger by being out here? Like, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. How you doing? <laughs> Pretty much. That's all it took. Yeah. He, uh, he, he was a sucker. He fell for that so quickly. He even falls for the oldest like, yeah. uh, it's like, look behind you. <laughs> he does, she does the look behind you. Oh, and Gambit's like, where? Yeah, it's so stupid. He looks. He looks. Oh, you made him look. That's great. That's great. And the he looks is, is done more to hurt Gambit than Apocalypse has ever done in real in the comic books real True. time to actually damage him. It's crazy. The pen is more stronger in hurting Gambit than Apocalypse ever could be. <laughs> I do yeah. like how she rips the skin back and like the like, yeah. beak just pops out of the mouth. It reminds me of uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Oh, that's creepy. That's a that's a creepy old movie from childhood too. Yeah, 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 it was. Like that it. was definitely an eerie one. And then it just floats down like airless and lifeless. Yeah, it just floats whoop, whoop, like a leaf. It's great. Although I feel like skin would be heavier, right? It would just plop. I Yeah, it feels like it would just like wad up and plop, but it looked like it, it was about to It plop. looked like, like it wafted like, in the wind. Yeah. yeah, like a piece of paper. Yeah, it was like paper thin, but I'm like, uh, it's pretty comical, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> like, it looks like a Looney Tunes character after they got ran over by a fucking steamroller. Yeah, exactly. Skip Carey in the mask. Look, <laughs> my arm roadkill. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, uh, Betsy doesn't hesitate at all. Comes in with the sword decapitates it grabs the skull pretty quick it was just like and that's how you do it and it surprised it didn't double down on the british mannerisms and she didn't right? say like off with your head uh, yeah <laughs> not french that's why uh, uh i don't know but that's a that's a british thing too with uh oh, yeah, 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 yeah. they traded in uh alice wonderland yes she was kind of like a play on uh bloody mary the queen who was always like off with their heads off with their heads <laughs> That, that bitch loved to pop heads. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but uh, they're, they're walking, looking for another one, looking for another werewolf. And uh, we get Richter mentioning if anyone read The Glimmer yet. And everyone's just like, yeah, nah, man. I read the Spark Notes. It's all good. I like thought Captain Britain was so like right. reluctant to believe in Apocalypse. And then he gives it to her and she says, I brought it along in case we needed to. What are you going to do? Like read up on the report and hope it gives in you the an answer in the middle of battle? Right. Right. <laughs> what the fuck is happening in this issue? I don't is, know anymore. Is everybody like writing each panel? Like is every panel a different writer? Like is T. Howard like dead? And that's just like a fucking pseudonym or pin name for fucking nine different writers like what is this i don't understand like it feels like every every page forgets about a plot device that they built up and they now have written themselves into a corner so they quickly flush past it oh yeah we have the grimmery uh well i guess we'll read it if we have to but 
Who knows if that's relevant? <laughs> I trust Apocalypse now, one hundred percent. I was staunch for seven issues or six issues, but seven—that's the lucky one. <laughs> lucky number seven. Oh man, uh, man. Uh, I don't like. I don't. I don't like. The more we dissect this, the more I my I get frustrated. Yeah, there's a reason it's the worst issue of the of the Excalibur issues. Yeah. It does uh, what it's doing. But uh, we get kind of Richter kind of scouting out the ground, feeling for one, kind of telling Rogue where kind of one is, more or less, as she yeah. goes off. Doing that tremor sense? Yeah. And uh, as she goes, yeah, doing the tremor sense. As she, as she goes off, um, we get some ominous uh, smirks from Col- Colin Bloodstone. Um, just like you mutants, he's muttering racist shit under his mouth, pretty much. You know, you use your mutant powers. Why wouldn't they use that mutant fucking power? Right? What are you talking about? Get out of here! You stupid homo, freaking inferior. <laughs> Burn. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, snap! Catch me at the next Cocoan uh, stand-up. <laughs> Open mic. Oh, here all day. Um, <laughs> but we get a war, uh, war wolf kind of uh, coming up on uh, rogue, attacking rogue, right? It's like hiding in the ground, I guess. Hiding, I hiding in, yeah, hiding in the ground, right underneath freaking Colin Smirk or some shit. I don't know, but yeah, uh, yeah comes up, kind of assaults uh, rogue, takes her down, and she just more or less zaps all the power out of him, right? Is that the time, or does she choke him to right. death? So it's like, oh man, mutant! I miss we miss the taste of mutant, and then she just says, "Oh man, I can't believe, like you got the jump on me. Wait till I get my gloves off." And then she gets that glove off in the midst of them struggling. Yeah. I guess. See, like, okay, Rogue has her super strength right now, so I'm like perplexed because this thing is like giving her a hard time. But see, the thing is, is if it's giving Rogue a hard time, how the Fuck did the London zookeepers keep these fuckers in line? <laughs> fucking zookeepers! I am going toe to toe to apocalypse. Me. Like, what is me. going on? <laughs> the power scaling does not work in this man. <laughs> I will never. Yeah, these zookeepers must be like. I want to see the issue where like the zookeepers are actually Avenger villains or something, yeah. and they're 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 on that level. <laughs> <laughs> it's like graviton or something like yeah. <laughs> that. Like I, 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 they hired me. They said people with omega level power is wanted, and I, you know, I got that, so I replied. I need a job, man. Everyone's got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Crime hasn't been working out for me. <laughs> Avengers apparently not down with that, but apparently it it just literally melts him. But she says, "Well, no, I drained him." But it melted him. Like for some reason, her using her powers on him causes him to melt. But right. for some reason, it leaves the skull behind. I don't get it. the The real problem is they didn't show it. They talked about it off screen, right? You see her choking, and then she stands up, and it's just like it's dead. And then she comes <laughs> with a cape on, and she says it's a werewolf pelt. But it doesn't. It looks weird. It looks like. He, but that's like more flesh than he really had. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. But then there's the skull too. So I guess when she drained him, she skinned him, or his skin melted off. I they don't really they don't really show it. They cut away real quick. Like she touches him, he screams, 
And then the fucking colonoscopy over here like narrates it and says, "Hey, that's yeah. like I can't believe you did that though. How unsportsmanlike." Yeah. He says, "I'm feeling the need for different quarry for shit." And then he and then he turns on a hundred percent subterfuge. <laughs> yeah, he does. He just takes off in the night. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then we abruptly cut back to Rogue meeting up with the team. And she's just she's like, yo, check it. Check out my new my new digs. You yeah. like it? You like my war werewolf? Uh he said keep casual, man. So uh, and it's in. just and it just or the skull just sticks to her waist for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nothing holding it up. It's just there. Like, oh no, it's it's, it's made of metal, like in a magnet. Right? <laughs> Betsy's doing it too. I don't get it. Where do you get these powers? These are the powers I want to know. How do you stick things to your body? Yeah, and they just hold there. Backpacks no longer need straps. You just put them on your back. <laughs> but then, like, okay, so then the 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 continuity falls apart again. Because then Gambit goes, and this is completely illogical in so many ways. He says, five wolves, five of us. I hate to say it, but we ought to split up. Get those skulls, and then we're out of here as soon as possible. One, you've got two skulls. There's not yeah. five anymore. That's three. So the numbers are already way wrong. That was just mentioned two panels ago, or two pages ago. So how the fuck did you forget that? You were there when one of them was killed. And she clearly showed up with another one. And two, <laughs> they steal the flesh of the people around them and turn into those people. How is splitting up even a remotely good idea? That is like beyond horror movie dumb yep i've i the dumbest thing i've heard when i read that i felt like okay td howard does not give a fuck like literally it's just bitter that they're writing an excalibur issue and i get it excalibur is weird and i get it you probably were like man i wanted x-force or something and then got shifted onto this but my god quit your job or kill yourself stop torturing us (laughs) With this fucking writing. And this is literally who if people paid for this and bought this, I am so fucking sorry. I am a hundred percent for piracy because of shit like this. Like <laughs> I am just so fucking over this shit. Like, fuck this issue. When I read that, I'm like, who the fuck? How are there five? You killed two. Why would you split up? You know they took this. You were deceived by someone wearing the skin of someone else. How, with your intelligence as a master spy, a master assassin, a master thief, and uh, someone who has been around crazy scenarios that are far more difficult and convoluted than this, how is your approach like this stupid, like brain dead? I don't get it. They're just hanging out with Kenberg. Yeah. Yes. It's like they fucking took notes from fucking Kinberg and they were like, well, Simon gets it. He knows how to write a story. He says, fuck it. And that's how he does it. I could do that too. Were you paying attention? Because I'm going to punish you if you were. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a quote that I hope it says next week on Tinny Howard's grave. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, um, so yeah, as this is, I, I, I never as, thought I'd miss Dugan. <laughs> I never thought I'd miss Dugan, right? Oh, Dugan, come back to me. Uh, but as this illogical nonsense is happening, uh, we get Jubilee. Uh, she gets snatched up by the trees from uh, Evil Dead. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is about to get a little rapey. This is about to get, yeah. <laughs> Things are oh, good. man. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we get uh, Colin. Colin Bloodgrave getting all mad. And, like, that. I guess, like, not like this is the story is like so let me get this straight like they went on a hunt uh-huh. uh, they used their powers uh-huh. he was like you used your powers that's bad so now he's attacking them is that the logic like there's nothing or is there like more behind this plan that we just don't know about yet I, I, I like the concept that not only did, were we led to this point from him buying these creatures from the zoo, setting up this really convoluted plot point, but I like how the X-Men rolled with it. They were all just like, oh, yeah, like this Bloodstone dude says come to his, you know, his his nice little retreat. We're going to hunt these werewolves. It's going to be a great time. There's no way the dude called Bloodstone is going to betray us. <laughs> oh, my God, people. Maybe hot knives is needed. Yeah, I guess so. That. Jesus. Yeah, because he's not even here. What happened to him? He's not here. That's what I'm saying. Where did he even around. go? I didn't even notice that. They just like that's it. That's what they keep doing with this whole issue. Them. Like they, they bring him in. Issue in general, people are just abruptly coming in and out without any expl- explanation as to why they walked away and where they went. Like Pete, I didn't even notice Pete Wisdom was gone. <laughs> now that you pointed out, and he's doing his weird transformation to that weird. Uh, what was it? We said it was like. His Magistrex transformation or whatever. His Gladarex, Gladarox. It's the he's transforming into his Gladarox form. And but he's yeah. only half doing it with his face, so half of his face is all spiky and has like a huge lack of like lips on yeah. one side. <laughs> it's so weird. And it's got some weird vines and shit coming out of him. And yeah. And it's like, and now I'm going to hunt you mutants. And then it ends. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> My God, Excalibur, you you are just as bad as the New Mutants Nebraska arc. Fuck. Yeah, this is, this might be worse. I know, man. At least, like, I got, like, some Ford and Shannon. Like, I got some, like, happiness from the fact that everyone failed miserably out of that mission. Yeah, like, they got what they deserved. <laughs> but it's like... There's no way that that wouldn't have happened. There's no way that this didn't fall apart because there's so much written into it of just bad ideas and flawed concepts that you're like, this has to fail. It's like, you know how they say something's too big to fail? This was too flawed not to fail. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's like they set a million time bombs and they're all meant to go off at the, in the next 24 hours at some point. It's like, eventually someone's going to die. <laughs> like, eventually something's going to go wrong. We set the fucking parts in motion that all we have to do is just watch it play out and unfold in, in a fucking, you know, issue-long fail. That's uh, such... Yeah, what a fail. And honestly, if Apocalypse wasn't in it, I'd straight up be like, we should drop this. We should drop this just like we dropped Fallen Angels. Because this is garbage. This is the worst, laziest fucking writing I have seen in X Men in the longest time. Like, I agree. I page to page, page to page, they just like don't give a shit. They were like, "Oh, did you read the last page? Well, shame on you. This page is a new page with new people on it, and new concepts, and new character designs, right? and new personas, and new backstories, and new universe. <laughs> Even though it's all set in the same story, <laughs> but fuck you for trying to care about continuity." This is not why we write. Bendis is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm out. I'll tap. I'll tap. 
Fucking, no, I won't tap. I'll just let you choke me to death. How about that? <laughs> you leave it, man. There's so much going on in this that could be so good. There's so right? many parts to this that could pay off, but then there's so many bad parts that overshadow those good parts. And even the good parts are used wrong. So that they, they, it's like they they take a scenario where it's like something you love and then they abuse it. It's like, oh. I, I love this cheesecake, but I don't like a vat of cheesecake poured on top of me so I can't breathe and I drown. <laughs> like, sure. It's like you're murdering me with something I like, you know? It's weird, right? It's like like you said, like, dropping this book and it feels weird for this book because you're like, fuck, I want to see what Apocalypse is up to, but I don't want to read this either. It's a curse, man. It's a <laughs> curse. You're just like, what's going on with Apocalypse? They've even involved Exodus now, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm even more intrigued. Why isn't that the issue? Why aren't we just following them? Get right. rid of everyone except Apocalypse and Exodus, and let's just do that. And then just pop in Pete Wisdom every now and then, because apparently that's what they want to do. Yeah, I'll give you that, but that's it. <laughs> let's get rid of everything. Get rid of Shogo. Get rid of all these inept British people that have no conceptualization of how to exist organically in their own fucking no. world. London's like a joke. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be funny if it turns out like, Teeny Howard's like a British, like you know, British-born national, and it's like, it's like you wrote this. <laughs> It's like, how long did you even live in England? Right. <laughs> it's like they were born there, but then they moved here. And so they spent their whole life, like, interpreting, like, the stereotypes and tropes of English. And now they're putting it down in the issues of Excalibur. Mm. Mm. Uh. Poor Claremont. <laughs> Teeny Howard also wrote Strike Force, uh, the Rick and Morty comic. Uh, and hack slash resurrection. Oh, I've heard about that. People, people are pretty mixed about that. So interesting. Okay. Yeah, but how do you write a Rick and Morty comic if they're all because all the Rick and Morty comics are based off of at least the comics I've seen are based off the show. Like exactly. It's just really. Yeah, there's comic versions of the actual show and like trade paperback and everything, which I was like, ah, you know, that'd be pretty cool. But then I'm like, I could just watch the show. (laughs) <laughs> right so i'm like a little confused as like how do you write like the comic that's pretty much gonna follow the plot line of a show that was already written by someone else right 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 hmm. ah, i haven't read them that's interesting though i'd be uh, scared now to read them could see enough of the way that teeny howard writes things true true oh, true what a garbage fire and everything. They did take even the concepts that they developed in the Krakoan universe, in Dawn of X. Like, look how they used the fucking uh, Krakoan language where they were like, hey, we're going to tell you that the uh, Warwolves are from the Mojoverse. And then in the next page, when we explain the Warwolves again, we're going to put Mojoverse in code. Isn't that clever? Uh, we told you something, then we put it in code, and you had to figure out it was the thing that we just told you. Go eat your Ovaltine, assholes. <laughs> go drink your Ovaltine, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like a kick in the dick. Oh, but you had to figure out. You had to decode that kick, though. I know. I felt so bad for you when you, like, deciphered it. And you're like, oh, it just says Mojoverse. And I'm like, wait, no, really? It can't be. Like, they just said Mojoverse on the other page. Like, they already explained it, so the cat's out of the bag. Like, you can't put the cat back. The cat doesn't go back into the bag. 
It's out. It's out. It's done. Uh... <laughs> oh man, what a oh Excalibur, everyone. <laughs> Excalibur, anyone? I have, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not. I'm curious to, to think he likes these. Like, who reads Excalibur originally and was like super excited about it? But then who reads these Excalibur issues and is like even more excited or even excited at all? Like, how could you be happy after reading this? Such sloppy, like. <laughs> Sloppy bookkeeping and continuity. It's a good question. Um, insulting. If you uh, are still listening and are actually a fan of Excalibur, let us know. Yeah, yeah, I'd be totally would... surprised of what someone's opinion positively is about this. Yeah, uh, but yeah, any other thoughts? Because I'm, I'm over it. I'm fucking over it too. Hundred <laughs> percent. Let's uh... put this bitch to bed. Yeah, well, that'll do it for us this week, folks. Let us know what you thought of Excalibur. Uh, we may continue. Maybe we won't continue. We'll see how, depending on how the run continues. But be sure to follow us and like us and hire us and and do all those things that measure metrics of success in this world, apparently. Um, Need and, that data. Yeah, get, feed that data. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> We'll catch you next week for New Mutants. Uh, yes, I think that's that. We should be on New Mutants Seven. New Mutants Seven, I want to say yes. Yeah. Um, but until then, folks, uh, don't let the don't let any of the viruses kill you, techno organic or Corona. Don't let um, the mutants eat you. Don't let the robots kill you. And uh, don't let the, the murder hornets stab you. And, and live your life, uh, you know, illustriously, because if the last thing you did was read this issue read this of Excalibur and you Fuck. die, man, Fuck. what a sad, sad thing. So immediately go, go out now and go do something, you amazing. know, bang two hookers or something. Have a great time. You know, don't let this be your final memory. <laughs> oh.